All right, welcome back to the golf podcast. And today we're going to dig in. We got to talk about live, right? It's a big topic. It's the big topic. And I know a lot of people, well, you're either on one side or the other on this. Some people are, are completely like fatigued by hearing so much about live. Other people just can't seem to get enough of it, right? Exactly. But I would say part of why everyone's so fatigued is because the coverage has been off the charts. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're even seeing there are sports media outlets that don't even traditionally touch on golf and they're even reporting on and talking about yeah. live. And and I think there's a good reason why. And that's that undeniably, whether you're for it, against it, whatever it may be. And we're going to read a lot of your own comments. A lot of you guys jumped in, in the golf clubhouse. If you're not already part of that, make sure you go to golf slash clubhouse to join. But a lot of people are saying like, similarly, like whether they're for it or against it, they can't look away. They can't not watch it. Right. I right. Mean. But it's, it's, undeniably the biggest shakeup and change to professional golf in decades. You can't, you can't say otherwise. It's the yeah, reality. I mean, hands down. I mean, I think another reason to sprinkle on is where have we seen this before? I mean, we've seen other leagues. We've seen like Canadian football leagues or whatever the case may be, but they're not an ultimate threat. Right. Poaching players, taking some of the biggest stars. You know, you weren't seeing a Canadian football league trying to poach Eli Manning. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is different, and it almost feels like an attack. And, you know, Monaghan, who's the commissioner of the PGA Tour, is saying he, he welcomes the healthy competition, but this is not. This is a threat. Right. So, Wait, so that's the thing. Isn't all competition, in a way, a threat? It should be. And so yeah. I want to talk about, we're going to talk about how the PGA Tour has responded. Mm -hmm. One thing, though, that I want to put on the table before we get into this is that, and I, and I don't want to speak for you, but I, I mean, I think I know you well enough. You can tell me if, if it's otherwise, is that one, neither one of us are particularly, you know, involved in, in politics in any one way or another. Right. I mean, I, I think especially here in the States, politics over the past however many years has been a, a mess. And I, I honestly keep it as far at arm reach as possible. And the second thing would be is that neither one of us are by any means experts on international affairs. Right. Absolutely. So I, I'd say, first <laughs> of all, understand from that standpoint, I want to talk about it today. And and of course, there's no doubt that you can't talk about live without talking about the controversial side of it with the, with the whole Saudi backed money and mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. I want to talk about it primarily today from the standpoint of golf fans. And that's mm -hmm. why we polled everyone in the clubhouse like what what is the temperature on this are people watching it are right. they not watching it that's the thing so first let's let's we'll kind of get that out of the way and talk about the saudi side of it right they've even like in phil and his original comments where he got himself in a little bit of hot water over it even he acknowledged some of the atrocities yeah that have he happened. has so the the money is certainly not clean in that way mm -hmm. the question that comes up for me is that why all of a sudden is the PGA Tour, and I could be wrong here, so if I'm wrong, you guys let me know in the comments, but why is the PGA Tour taking such a hard stance against the Saudi stuff when in the past players, weren't they allowed to play in the Saudi Invitational? They were. Right, yeah, I'm thinking absolutely. like you had, um, uh, who was it? You had DJ went one there mm -hmm. and um, Varner. Yes, Varner, Varner won. won there, right. So... I mean, that was Saudi. It, I mean, again, I'm saying this because of the fact that I don't know all the ins and outs to follow the money and where the money comes from. But it was the Saudi, in, you know, invitational. They would go over, over there. there. And, and mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and this one, again, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't years and years ago, didn't t even Tiger Woods take large appearance fees from the Saudis to play in some of their events. Wasn't it something like an $8 million payout to play in a, a Saudi event? I believe event? it was that. I don't recall exactly if it was Dubai or Saudi or okay, something. Right. I, it was a tour that was overseas that compensated him nicely to show up. Right. But I don't want to speak without the facts there. So Exactly. Right. So that's what I mean. maybe you guys know. But what I'm saying is I think to a certain extent there's been a little bit of where it's been somewhat okay in the past. Now, also understand that the the news and political landscape has changed, you know, with the the murder of that journalist that happened and things like that. Mm -hmm. So there's all that. But you know, it, it does make me wonder to a certain extent. I think regardless though, the PGA Tour has not responded to this properly. You think I, they gave him too much attention? I think that they did. Yeah. I think that the, the PGA Tour came out really fast guns blazing 
And I think it actually, Created if anything, like a revolt, like a yeah, yeah. And I think it, it it did with the opposite effect of what they wanted. I think it gave Liv even more attention. I agree with that. I think other than the money to start off, Liv was a lot of like you hear like names like thrown around here, like the XFL. It yeah. was something. It felt a yeah. little bit more like that. But then the, as the PGA Tour like gave it more and more and more press with the way they responded. Yeah, yeah. By the way, XFL much better analogy than Canadian Football League. So that was spot on there. But. I think you're right. I think they gave him way too much uh, attention in the beginning. But let me ask you this then. Don't you think they had no choice? They had to have been running scared saying, if they don't do anything, then guys are just going to go there, play that, get the money, come back, play there, get the money, go back. It's right. just going to be a revolving door. I Should get they it. left it like that? I oh. get it. But I, I, I guess the way that they're looking at it is, again, they, they PGA Tour has their their stances that they take and whether this is like a moral high ground or whatever it may be i think it's because of where the money came from Mm -hmm. more than anything else because right now it's only eight events it's an alternate it's like like this week it's going off against the um the john deere which is not we'll talk about that later because we're going to do our own picks for it Mm -hmm. there's a good couple good players in there but overall strength of field is not great it's not right so it's like would it have been the worst thing in the world if some guys played that and you know some guys play the live event and some guys played that I don't know. We could see Liv being strategic about their event placement. It's brilliant to do it this week. For sure. You know, and then I'm sure the next one's going to be after the Open. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, we've got, so we've got the, we have an event this week in Portland. It's Liv event number two, the first one in the United States, and it has a whole bunch of new names. It has a whole bunch of new, we're starting to see the names more and more. And I want to talk about that too, because you had a theory, which I think is is probably right. And I think that they're starting to realize that they may have a case against the PGA Mm -hmm. tour that they can play and, and the suspension won't last forever. But, but the, Regardless, Liv still has one major problem, which we'll dig into, that's going to still hold people back from joining over there. Um, but it's just, I, I, I don't know. We're, I'm trying to think where, where I was going with that a second ago mm. as far as uh, um, the, t- the tour itself. The way they should have responded, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the tour really should have done something and started to make some changes years ago. If they had the foresight to get ahead of this many, many years ago, we wouldn't have this problem today. Yep. Don't forget, you got Greg Norman's been working on this for a long time. Yes, he has. There's been this this set of players who want changes to the PGA Tour and didn't feel like they were happening, so wanted to launch their own tour eventually. I think if the PGA Tour had their ear to the ground a little bit more, saw some of the the gripes the players are having and made some changes. And I don't think they had to be throwing money changes. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been just the way that they maybe loosened up some restrictions on players with content and licensing. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've had the, the ability to see a little bit of it firsthand in some of the content, you know, we're content creators in the stuff we've tried to do around the PGA tour, right? It's not easy. It's, 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 you know, in fact, we had a much better time at the U.S. Open, working with the USGA, who I think more so understands that landscape of saying, like, the more eyeballs, the better. It's good for golf. It grows the game. Mm-hmm. They led us to do a lot more when it comes to on-site video, creating content, stuff like that. You know, contrast that with the PGA Tour. You go, forget it. You know, the right. ability to, you're not filming anything on their grounds. Not a single swing from nothing, a player. Anything, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're just thinking like, we're not here to compete with the NBC broadcast. Like, I understand that's a big part of his broadcast rights. Mm-hmm. No one's going to, you know, we're not competing. We're not broadcasting it. But right. allowing us to do stuff on site with players, do fun, engaging stuff, interviews, our 10-second like, interviews, that? things like that. Yeah. Well, what's wrong? Like, right? And, and. Even from a player's standpoint, the players are so locked down in what they can do. Think about the match, right? That, that, you know, Phil's been a big yeah. part of and he has the match. You know, that has nothing really to do with the PGA tour other than the fact that the players are on the PGA tour. It's, it's not, it's not held in a week that's a PGA tour event. It's not held at a PGA tour course. Mm-hmm. And yet they have to pay the PGA tour a million dollars in licensing every what, time though? they do one. Just because they're because in Because it? it's in their contract. They're PGA tour players. So they, hmm. they have to license, and we've seen so much of that, you know, even we had recently, we had George Bryan from Bryan Brothers on the show and his, his brother, Wesley's, yes. on, you know, and they, I know he's, he's expressed some of his, on his own channel, some of his own frustrations with even trying to film what Wesley does. He's a tour player. So here's guys who are on tour. They can't create their own content because it's so handcuffed. 
I think it, that's just one of the many kind of grievances that if the PGA Tour had saw that and kind of got ahead of it and started to let people do more of what they wanted to do, they might not have created their own kind of enemy yeah, in this. I totally agree. And I just think that's one of the reasons why these yeah. guys jumped. You know, I mean, the guy like Brooks, I don't think he cares about the content. I think there are guys who are just genuinely upset with how the PGA Tour runs its operations. It's very, same political. Right. Just Wh- like, whatever I'm it done is. with this. I don't understand this. These guys get me. Plus, financially, they're going to set me up. I can only play, you know, eight events a year. I don't have to do as much. Right. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they feel there's just too many rules on the PGA Tour. I, I don't know. It's possible. But I think that's where, like, the PGA Tour, if they had a little bit more foresight, had seen this coming... They wouldn't have to act so reactionary. And I think that their reactions since have just not been a good look. Even this huge announcement of like this, this uh, big money um, uh, mini like series yep. that they're going to be doing right for top players, clearly trying to lure some top players back with money. I think that put everyone in a bad position. I think so too. You know, we have, we have, you look at like some of the comments. In our clubhouse, a lot of guys are saying, well, like, well, we're all questioning the Saudi money, but where did all of a sudden the PGA Tour come with huge deep pockets to throw 20 million more at people? And then they're like, well, that raises the question, were they holding that money back from players before? And then you've got guys who've been the biggest champions of the PGA Tour, like Rory and JT, are now there in this conundrum be like, well, now we have to say we're not playing in that because we're saying we're not playing for the money. We got to stick to our guns. And also, the other line that he said, which I thought was interesting from Rory, is you know he doesn't want to take the fall series off, hang out with his family, then come back to tour and find out that he's in 150th place on the FedEx Cup because he didn't participate in it. Right. Right. So now he's at a disadvantage. And, and these guys working like, against them. Exactly. And these guys, it's like they, they, as you said earlier, a lot of these guys want to play less. The PGA Tour season is already incredibly long. Yeah. It's right. Most of the year. It's most That's of the how year. I describe it. If most you of put, the year. And if you put the fall series in, it's the, it's whole, the whole year. year they get know? maybe a couple weeks off in it's December. A little bit in December. Right. And then right. January kicks back up. So if you're going to put these big money, big whatever events that they have to play in in the fall, these guys are playing golf with no break. Don't forget, they've got families. A lot of the guys who are going over to live are saying that. Be like, dude, I can play eight events, make more money than I'll ever make on tour, and I'll be with my family. Yeah. That's another thing. But- that's true. Some of these guys, it's a little bit of it does seem a little bit like they're talking about both sides of their mouth. So the one of the big ones last week was was Kepka, right? Kepka's announcement. Mm-hmm. So this quote's been flying all over all over social media. This was his quote from 2020, which is why if you combine it with mm. what he had said at the US Open, where he was like, didn't want to talk about live, yep. you think maybe he was not going. So Kepka said, Money's not going to make me happy. I just want to play the game. I just want to play against the best. If someone handed me tw- $200 million tomorrow, it's not going to change my life. What am I going to get out of it? I already have enough that I could retire right now, but I don't want to. I just want to play golf. That was that February was t- 2020. So right before COVID. February 2020, right before COVID, he says that. Now it, you could argue he's doing the exact opposite. He took about a $150 million deal. He's going to be playing less golf, obviously. Um, and it is life-changing money because Kepka, mm. with his, his four majors, his four wins on tour, all that stuff, he's made approximately $40 million in earnings on the PGA Tour. Well, he just made three times that signing for Liv. And on top of that, he's going to make money in every single event where he appears. Yeah, yeah. And it was easy for him to say that in 2020 because he was coming off a stellar year of two big wins. He had a WGC and a PGA Championship. Then he go. Then he goes on a drought for about a – he hasn't won since February 2021. So a year and a half almost. Right, right. You know, so maybe he's saying it's, it's getting tougher to win out here as well. A lot of guys are also playing that card. It's getting harder to win on the PGA Tour. I'd rather go to a field with 48 players, yeah. have a team, win some team money, win some individual money, get a big sign-on bonus. It's a no-brainer yeah. for them. That's what they might be Speaking thinking. Speaking of which, one thing, I, I checked this in the box against Liv. Those team names are so lame. Yeah. It's like, it's like I don't the, know. Like, like my kids' preschool when they have like water wars. Right. Like they just come right. up with their names. It's just <laughs> like who came up with the, there were all the marketing dollars that they have. They came up with those names. I do like a little bit of a team aspect. I think that's cool. And I think what you're going to see now is like it could be a huge shakeup. Now you've got like Bryson, Brooks, 
Patrick Reed, you know, hero villains type of thing. Yep. Like imagine like a team named the villains. Yeah. And like they were all like those guys. Like that could really ham and yeah. lead into that. But going back to, to Kepka, I do think though, although he says there it's not money, but then money was a, it was a big money deal. It might be a little bit more than money too. Kepka's a guy who notoriously does not like the all the media obligations. Right. Right. He does he not. doesn't like to have to do that, which He's the PGA Tour has that as part of the things that they've got got to do. I'm sure at these live events, which have a more relaxed atmosphere anyway, there'll probably be a lot less where he has to talk to the media. He probably loves that. On top of that, he's always been a guy who's basically said, you know, he just wants to play the big events. He doesn't care. Remember yeah. he said he doesn't even practice for PGA right. Tour events? Right. He said it. He's very vocal. He's. he's I mean, the- I mean, I, he doesn't care is a big thing to say. Right. I get it. You get what I'm saying. The sentiment is his words were he doesn't even practice he, for yeah. PGA Tour events. It's just very chill vibe he's the larry david of the pga tour he'll tell you how he feels exactly what's on his mind he won't hold back um and that's brooks i think he's always been like that and then he had that one quote during the the us open that says it's going to come across as people as that i'm arrogant but i'm just confident so this guy just rolls around thinking he's the best player and he just doesn't need to warm up for practice he just shows up and wins but he hasn't done so in a year and a half he hasn't so maybe that changed things but look at the end of the day i mean the guy he, he's going to be now playing against a, a, a arguably much weaker field Yep. They're still great players. They're still great, but but it's going to be an arguably less weaker field and you can go in. I mean, one thing it raises the question for me though, is like, is there going to be an incentive, right? Like I get it. So like, look at shorts who won the last one. It's it's life changing money in one, one win. It's $4.5 million, right? Great. That's a lot of money. It's also a hundred and I think $20,000 for dead last. And that doesn't even count if your team made you some money, too. Right. Think about that. Think about no that. No cut. Right. Shotgun start, too, which is like you don't got to worry about tea time. Everyone shows up and goes out at the same time. Right. And then you play three days instead yep. of four. So these guys are going to play. They're going to basically work for three days a week. Mm-hmm. They're going to make the bare minimum is $120,000 mm-hmm. plus whatever they made for their signing bonus. Right. To me, it makes me wonder, like, is there that much of an incentive to really win? Like, are these guys just pure competitors? They want to win anyway. That might be it. I mean, they, they, they all probably love to win. They all want to finish the round as the top guy. I mean, that's that's golf. It's what they grew yeah. up in, right? So I can't see the, the love for winning going away. But I think the passion for the grind to go out there and win is is slowly fading. But for me, and I said this before, the 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 overall size of the purse is not what gets me to tune in. I think it's more the relativity to the guy. Like, do I care whether Brooks who now has 150 million dollars in his pocket makes 4 million that week no. or one? No, I don't. No. I want to see the guy who's been grinding it out on the Corn Ferry Tour, has like yeah. no doesn't have a dollar in his pocket, yeah. finally he's in the PGA Tour and is is just grinding for a cut to make some money and then maybe a Cinderella story he wins big. Like we were watching a huge Cinderella story this past weekend with our, our guy Rob LaBritz on the Champions yeah, Store. Here's huge. a guy, the money he probably won for what he come in third? In came in end? tied fourth. He made almost a little more than a quarter million bucks. That's life-changing money for him. Yep. Here's a guy who was a club pro for 30 years. 400 grand for the year so far. That's life-changing money. And I, I'd rather see a guy win $400,000 and change his life. Mm-hmm. And clearly that is a person who is playing hard. Rob, you know, <laughs> he still talks about 10-hour, 12-hour-a-day practice sessions mm-hmm. grinding. To me... As a viewer, I'm more excited to see that than I am excited to see a guy like Kepka. The bank account is 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 busting at the seams and doesn't worry about practice. Just shows up. You know, he's raw talent. He's great. He is what he. But but it's not changing his life. It's not. Um, but I'm I'm thinking about a guy in his 20s, just got married. You've got 200 million dollars in the bank, and you could show up eight, ten, twelve times a year and perform, and then you just go on vacation, do whatever you want. Right. For some of these guys, it was probably a very easy decision for them. For them. For it's them. A personal decision. I'm, I'm not going to knock anyone's personal decision. Of course. I'm saying from this side of the fence, yeah. from the fan side, none of me, that's going to. One thing that yeah. hasn't changed with Liv that I think they've got to figure out a way, if they want to be successful long term, they got to figure out a way to change this. Formats. It, you know, it just seems like an exhibition match to me. Yeah. It's like, great, you know, watching the match, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fun. Phil I, playing for the big money and he stands on the money and whatever it may be. I'll grab a beer. I'll watch that. Yeah. But I am not sitting on the edge of my seat like I am for some major. No, you're right. At the end of the day, as of right now, and, and this is their, I think like I said, the big Achilles heel for Liv, 
and this is something that if they can't change this, they're in trouble, is that these are just exhibition matches. Mm-hmm. The, they Just last week, I think that one of their big plays was going to be to try to link up with the DP World Tour. And, and if you guys don't know how this works, basically world rankings, official world rankings, which are tied to the majors and things like that and getting in, you have to accrue points. And part of that, you have to accrue wins and performance on tours that are part of that. Yes. The PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, the Asian Tour, things like that. The DP World Tour just came out following the PGA Tour with banning, sanctions, fines. So I think the hope mm-hmm. for Live was to partner up with DP World Tour let these guys be part of that tour, play a couple of events to keep their points keep up. Their world rankings. Because without sure. those world rankings, you drop out of the FedEx Cup. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, not the FedEx Cup. You drop well, out of the Ryder Cup. Yes, those you are drop that. out of all those things. So right now, again, from a fan's perspective, I'm looking at these like they're exhibition matches. Yeah. There's nothing behind them at the moment. There isn't. And by the other way, than the big payouts, oh, yeah, they right. are going to have their own championship at the end of the year. Live is going to have a huge, I think it's like a $50 million event. Jeez. That's just how they're going to compete. They just going to have their, their FedEx. But cup. these other guys are going to have to look at this and say like, okay, I, I'm going to start to fall out of the world rankings, which by, by the way, is probably a sigh of relief for the majors mm-hmm. because the majors are now realizing that maybe they don't have to take a stand. Mm-hmm. Maybe the U.S. Right. the U.S. Open they had everybody in, but it was it was because it happened quickly. But the president of the USGA already said that you know it was it was on the table to possibly not allow them to compete in the next one. Yeah, right. But these mm-hmm. guys might not have to take a stand if 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 nobody on Live is recruiting any points and they all start to fall off the official World Golf rankings, they're not going to be qualified for majors. That's right. That you're, I know, and I, and I'm curious to see how that's going to shake out. Right. Now, we were talking before the other day of saying, well, what is Liv's mission? Like, right. what are they doing this for? Are they going to, do they have sponsors? How do they make money? Because I'm looking at this, right? I don't From get it. From the pure standpoint, <laughs> right. right? There's, unlike the PGA Tour, there's not, like the last week we had the Travelers. Yeah, there's a title sponsor. The title sponsor. There's no, none of that. Right. There's no advertisements anywhere except Liv. Right. And the, it's, up, I'm going to say it's almost hard to actually find it to watch. Right. Uh, so it's you either go on to YouTube. YouTube or the website. So let's let's get into the numbers because the final round of London was eight hundred and one thousand views. We could see it right here. Now we screen. see on YouTube. We don't know the views we, on the website, but I would imagine they're less than YouTube. Right. So the I think the final round of the RBC where Rory and JT went heads up, and for a good reason, they got two point seven million views. Yeah. But here's the here's the switch. This week, I think we're going to see a flip flop. I don't think anyone's well, I tuning think you're in. Right. I don't think anyone's tuning in to John Deere. There isn't any big names in the field. We're going to talk about it in a sec. But there isn't huge names like Roy JT charging down Sunday going heads up against each other. Because that's going to get views no matter what. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to now tune in to see now. Let's look at the new guys like Brooks, Bryson, Abraham Answer. Matt Wolf was a trending story today. Matt Wolf, I think you'll see more one. eyeballs on the live this week. I think you will too. But it's, it is arguably a little bit, from a traditional standpoint, harder to watch because now you're going over to YouTube and stuff, things like that. And I'm thinking even some of the, the older demographic who watches golf, I'm literally thinking of somebody like my father. Yes. Right? He's going to be calling me like, how do I watch this thing? Right. Because he'll, he'll hear about his buddies are talking about it. It's not like you can pop on the television. And as part of that... You know, 800, let's say it's a million views you get on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Maybe in AdSense revenue, maybe that makes you $100,000. Right. Right. It's not like what they sell broadcast right. rights and the amount of. So going back to what you're saying, like, what is the long term revenue here? Because right now it's all money going out and it's money going out. You know, I, I think the, the what they said is that it's something like $2 billion Jeez. this year. So if you think about between paying all these players huge contracts, between setting up all of these events, all the logistics around them, it's going to cost the backers of Live about $2 billion this year, of wow. which they're not going to really return anything. Now, you, you makes you wonder, is it that the, the pockets are just so deep? Who cares? They don't get like this is just their their they're, toy to play right with. Off, yeah. Uh, or is there a long term goal to right now lay out all the money up front, grow this thing, and once it becomes big, start to get then, broadcast yeah. rights, start to get that sponsorships. Could be the plan. That definitely could be the plan. I mean, now if there was another channel on TV that just showed live and covered live, 
then the PGA Tour. The problem, problem that they have, though, is that at the end of the day, they've got to find a way to figure out the messaging or what they're going to do with the, the backing in the Saudi money, because it's not just players who are under fire here in the heat. It's there's a lot of brands and a lot of sponsorships mm-hmm. that are just they yeah. don't want the boycotts, the any of the issue they're saying as far away from it as possible, because they're like, as long as you're tied to that. I don't want anything to do yeah, with it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look what we're seeing with Russia over the last six months and all the companies pulling out of there. Right. You know what I mean? And so you, you could have that similar effect here for sure. And again, I'm just scratching my head of how do they plan to make money? Or funny enough, do they even care to make money? Do they care? <laughs> do they care? Or, or if they care, where is it in their plan? Is it in their five-year plan? We'll right. make money five years from now. Right. For now, we'll just spend spend until yep. we get... We're going we're gonna to push this thing out into, you know, with as much money as possible. But I, I think that the only way this could have ever happened was with the right amount of money because you needed a lot of money to entice players to take this risk. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. It's a risk that you're not going to play in majors. It's a risk that you might not be in the Hall of Fame. It's a risk. All those types of things. You needed big money. And I think that's why guy like Norman, who wanted to do this for many years, just ended up making this deal with the Saudis. And it's been both his... his uh, biggest setback and also his biggest driver yeah for sure it's you how know, much did he get paid for it do we know who knows i gotta think he got some the of most the money that was thrown around though. just to be the head of this and to th- basically he's the one who had to take his, all the heat or exactly. most of the heat yeah i'm curious to find out how much norman made but now then the big other like i feel like every day is more news that comes out about mm-hmm. this some of the other big news is it's not just chasing the big names now we're seeing some of the the biggest amateur names going over to live, mm. which is very interesting. So you had the 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 current you know U.S. amateur champion and the second highest ranked amateur in the world right now both committing to live this week, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is interesting. You got guys coming out of college, and they're just foregoing the PGA Tour. It's not like anymore where it's like okay, this is just. Guys who can't hack it on the PGA Tour, this is their victory lap. Right. You know, this is whatever. Right. It's not. Now they're going for that young talent, too. Because that was the other thing that was for me. I'll, I'll be straight with you. I didn't watch much of the first event. Same. Um, I, I checked I just, it out a little bit. Yeah. And, and at that point, the, the field wasn't super strong. DJ's not playing his hottest. You know, guys like Schwartzel, yeah, great. I mean, but like, you know, at this point, it's, they, they got me with the tagline, golf but louder. I didn't see it to be any loud. I know they have rock concerts afterwards every right. night. But right. there wasn't anything loud about it. No one like cheering as they're teeing off like Ryder Cup. I didn't see alt shot, worst ball, best ball. Give me something all that different. I right. mean, with the broadcast, I just saw them talking a lot about the purse. That's it. One thing that I have heard is is different, and and this is something that the PGA Tour can maybe take a play out of this book. Although I always have a lot of fun at PGA Tour events. I always think they're enjoyable. The fan experience at Live is hard to beat. Yes, they really went all they out for that. They go all out. Um, there's the, the the way it's set up and stuff like that. But also, you think about a PGA Tour event with with the way tee times work. You're there all day. You know, mm-hmm. you're it's a, you're there ten hour, twelve hour yeah. day, right? Here, it's a little bit more structured in that it's first of all, it's three days, fifty four you know holes, but everybody goes off on a shotgun start. So mm-hmm. the, the event is over in about three hours, and then after that, they have like a concert yeah and other things so it, it kind of like it's a little bit more of like a, a almost like a cultural event it's something that i could see more non-golfers going to mm-hmm. like i could see myself bringing my wife to something like that who doesn't watch golf and be like hey listen we'll watch golf for for a couple hours and then there's the concert you want to see is right. right after it and you know what that also reminds me of like i don't know if you're familiar with in this area about i don't know 15 years ago right here in like rockland county new york they built a, a baseball stadium for the rockland boulders <laughs> And people bring their kids there, and I saw a commercial for it last night, and like they've got mini golf in the outfield behind the thing. They've got a park for the kids. It's just all this other things. Oh, but there's a baseball game going right. on. And then they have a concert or fireworks Fireworks after. at night, yeah. and like no one watches the baseball. They just go to the... <laughs> well, so, that's what I mean. Like some fan experience there, but as a TV fan yeah, experience, so far I nothing. haven't felt it. It felt like an exhibition match with a lot of golfers that... You yeah, know, there's far better things on YouTube I'd watch in golf, like our stuff. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, it just mm-hmm. wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if that changes this week. First of all, it's the first time in the States. That's going to change something. And then we're going to, you know, as far as time and the time it goes off, there's no time change for us here. Um, but going back to those amateurs, I'm just thinking about these guys. You take a guy, even if you're the best amateur, right? You come on the PGA Tour, 
you're going to grind it out. You're going to hopefully make a couple cuts. Maybe mm -hmm. you make in your first year, if you make a million bucks, great year. Yeah. You know, unless you're an all-star that comes out of left field and just mm -hmm. takes the tour by storm, most of these guys are going to win that. Conversely, you get a guy who is already like immediately set for life with whatever bonus they got. Maybe even if you got $20 million bonus. Yeah. Right. That's more than some guys have ever won on tour already. And then every week you come in last place every week, you're making $120,000 and then whatever else your team makes for an amateur, it, you know, you got to be like, wow, it's, it's basically guaranteed. But again, it keeps coming back to that same circular argument of like, what's the, what's the competition at that point? Is it just for, you know, whatever for fun, but it, these guys have to make that decision. Like if you, you're coming out as an amateur, how much do you value legacy in the PGA tour? Cause we keep hearing that legacy. It's a tough one. How many events do they play? Eight in the, the States? Eight, eight right now. The eight total events this year. That's it. For, for the, for live. And then I think it's expanding to like 10 or 12 and then up to 14. So it's going to grow. It's going to grow. over So time. if you play in all and you come in last place in every single one, you're going to make 1.4 million. Right versus uh imagine what you would have you know on if the you missed every cut you're you're in the negative because you're probably paying for your travel and exactly all that stuff so yeah they're trying the to bring up here i wanted to see some of your comments everybody's comments from the uh from the clubhouse because uh we had a good conversation going there and one thing that i will say and i seriously commend our clubhouse members on this is that it's such a great group in there mm -hmm. that everyone expressed their opinion. Some people say I'm all PGA tour. I don't even watch live other people saying I enjoy it. Um, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it was super civil didn't Very, turn into like a, a you know, fighting or political and all that type of stuff. So I commend everybody on that. If you're not already part of the group, make sure to golf clubhouse, you know, in fact, let's do this. Let's do a quick word from our sponsors. Then we'll come back. We'll read some of those comments, and then we'll dive into some other stuff that we have yeah, this week. Because like we, we were going to talk, we are going to talk about the PGA Tour stuff. Yes, we are. Okay, we're, we're going to talk, talk about our guy Xander too. We got to talk. We about We had some that. fun with him. A lot of stuff. So okay. let's take a quick uh, break. We'll talk word by word from our sponsors, and we'll jump into that. All right, this podcast is sponsored by Gosling's Rum, the creator of the Dark and Stormy. It's perfect, Frank. It's dark and stormy out there today. Today's I'm glad the we're out on the it. golf course. So we're in here. Uh, so maybe we'll fire up some Dark and Stormies this afternoon. It's the official cocktail of the 19th hole, guys. And if you missed it a couple episodes ago, we physically made one here on the show with Malcolm Gosling Jr. Um, well, the cool thing about this, it's an easy recipe. It's their dark rum with their ginger beer, some ice cubes, and a lime. It's amazing. It's a little dangerous, but delicious. Uh, get the prepaid Dark and Stormies, which I love. They come in a can, so you don't have to mess around. Throw them in the cooler. Bring them to the beach this summer. Um, and what's cool about Gosling's, they also have a cool merch shop. They're, they're getting into golf, so they're doing some golf-themed stuff in their merch shop. You could check that out at darkandstormy.com. And here's the last bit I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you guys a $15. That's right. $15 off your order at Gosling's Rum. You can get the rum, the beer, the cans. Just use golf code, the code GOLFICITY, G-O-L-F-I-C-I-T-Y. The offer is valid through August 31st. So for the rest of the summer, essentially, we're going to hook you up with $15 off your purchase. And they'll ship it right to your door. Yes, alcohol to your door. 21 or older. Drink responsibly. Check them out. Gosling's Rum. And guys, we also want to thank Titleist. We all have different ability levels and goals, but one thing we share is the desire to bring our best every single time that we tee it up. And the Pro V1 is the best combination of speed, spin, and feel in the game. And the X gives you a higher flight and a firmer feel, but both deliver that long distance, consistent flight, soft feel, and that all important drop and stop greenside control. You and I, we, we actually, it was great being back at the Travelers just this last week. We got back to the site of our very first ball fitting. And yep. I'll never forget how eye-opening it was, understanding how the ball fits the golfer. And you fit into the X, I fit into the V, and just sh seeing that trajectory and how it helps you hold those greens with the land angle. But again, knowing, and as we learn this game more and more and we play this game more and more, knowing around those greens, having a ball that you can trust to perform the way you want it to perform consistently is truly a game changer. So whether you're Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, or Nelly Korda competing at the game's highest levels or simply striving to be the best you can be, Tee up a Pro V1, a Pro V1X, and always bring your best. Yeah, and lastly, want to thank Precision Pro. Have you guys checked out the new NX10 
rangefinder yet i mean if you have not go check it out visit their website they've upgraded internals that's to make it lightning quick on target lock it's the fastest rangefinder i've ever used you hit the button you got your number it's got this improved hd optics and this new lcd display it has an increased strength of that magnetic cart mount so you know if you hit a bump on the cart you're not going to lose this thing it's not going to fall off Um, and what the biggest feature that i love is the personalization those personalized interchangeable uh, plates that just clip on and clip off um they have an ever-growing collection of plates. They're going to be releasing new designs consistently, so you got to check it out. They've got like American flag, and they've got all these unique things. They're, they've got some of your favorite content creators out there that you might watch on YouTube, and we might have ours coming soon with Golficity logos, so you guys are going to love to see that. We're working with the team now, and you can mix and match these things. If you're going on a trip with your buddies and you want something to match your outfits, I don't know how crazy you get out there with that stuff, but that would be for you, so check out Precision Pro. They've got the best care pack in the game. They offer free lifetime battery replacements, two-year warranty on the rangefinders, 90-day return policy, and some of the best customer service in the industry and lets them sprinkle on that free shipping. I don't know how you can go wrong with all of that. Uh, use the promo code GOLFICITY at checkout. Get this $20 off the purchase of the NX10. All right, guys. So let's get back to this and let's talk about even some of your comments. So I, I had posted something in the Golficity Clubhouse, which is our, our private messaging forum. And I said, guys, just let us know. I, I'm just curious. Who's watching Live? Who's mm-hmm. not? What do you think? What's your thoughts? And some of you guys had just terrific thoughts. So I'll share a couple of them here. Um, Gary Ganji says, my thoughts with the exception of Answer and maybe Bryson, I don't think the PGA is losing much. Most of the guys are later in their careers. It makes sense to take the payouts. Uh, and all of them seem to be struggling to make cuts. Uh, I think it would, however, be an issue if they get world ranking points, it would be a game changer. I don't expect that to happen, though. And he's right. It would be a game changer. But right now, the tides are going the other direction with the DP oh, yeah. World Tour just announcing that they're not Wide sprinkling Carlos Ortiz and Matt Wolf, new names, young well, blood. A, I think that's the other side of this. It's like This is an evolving landscape. Yep. That was a couple of days ago that we posted this. And since then, Matthew since Wolf. Then, yep. and but, but it is true, like you said earlier. There's, I haven't seen anybody who just just won on tour going over there. It seems like a lot of the guys, it's you know, it's been it's a bit. Been a bit. Yep. So uh, that's part of it. And and Pete McCann says, uh, I have an interest in LIV in a rubbernecking, can't look away from a car crash sort of way. I think the whole situation is more like a reality show. I look forward to any documentary about this period. Um, so he kind of dived in that. He said, he said, I watched the first thirty minutes of the first tournament out of curiosity and turned it off. It seemed like. A lot of rich people just wanting to, uh, to get more rich with less effort. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that reading between the lines, it just feels a little bit like an exhibition right now. And just knowing that no matter what, you're walking away with six figures that day, no matter how you play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one for me, yeah. too. Um, I like his rubbernecking. It's almost like my wife watches The Bachelor and Bachelorette, but then they they come out with this new like couples retreat one, like where your ex comes to an island, yeah, like a new spinoff style show, and like you can't look away. I gotta watch this one. You gotta now. watch. You know, it. I gotta watch right. this one now. And I think as as, as hardcore golf fans, we all kind of want to see, and there's yeah. a curiosity aspect of it. But the question they have to turn that corner. Liv has to have that entertainment part, of course. Uh, Duke. Uh, uh, Kner, why do I always say Duke's last name wrong? Uh, Duke Nur, he says, uh, Mr. Short Game posted a video, uh, his video brought up some very interesting views. He said, but I thought the same thing about the PGA Tour and where the millions of dollars just came from in the last few days. Mm-hmm. Does the PGA Tour have a huge slush fund? Yeah. And it's true. Like It was kind of a weird look to all of a sudden throw this big money series. It's like, well, where was that money before and why was the players not getting paid out? Um, and then you have like just some people who are just completely on that side of the fence, like uh, Wendell Laffin. He says, I have no interest in live. Uh, I'm a PGA Tour fan, plain and simple. Um, so it really kind of goes back and forth. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of seeing both sides of it. But I wonder if the PGA Tour has like that they just go, they went out and fetched a new sponsor for this new fall series. And it's just going to be like the fall series presented by Nationwide or something. And they gave them $160 million, $20 million for eight events. I don't know. But then again, I'm sure the PGA Tour does have a pile of cash as well. Yeah. Like most companies. And a lot of people in here started to bring up and the conversation, you know, was like I said, it was really good. It was a lot of a lot of thoughtful stuff in here. But a lot of people saying like it's kind of like baseball and the salary cap and like throwing a lot of money Mm -hmm. around. But now, like I said, seeing and Eric says what kind of what we were saying is like um, he thinks that the, the PGA Tour fumbled its response. And in a lot of ways it did. I think they they should have seen this coming. You've had talks with like Greg Norman for years that he wanted to do this. 
So a little bit of more foresight would have made this a lot better as far as that goes. But again, now you're going to start to see some of these younger guys out there, some of the top amateurs going and playing over there. It just remains to be seen whether this is like going to be actual competition that we want to see. But again, I, I think that the the hugest thing, the next thing you're going to see in the news is, and the, the hardest thing that the, that live is going to be pushing for is they've got to find some way to work their way into those rankings. Or when you start to see all of a sudden Dustin Johnson uh, is now, or, or let's say Kepka, because I think he's like 17th in the world right now. Mm-hmm. If by the end of 2022, Kepka is now 300th in the world, because he hasn't competed in any any events right. that are, are points events. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for some of these guys? And now Kepka, you know, can't make it. You know, he's gonna have other exemptions from like winning. You know, some of these events like yeah. that'll hold over. Yep. But it'll start to fall off, and then all of a sudden you start to see these guys can't play in majors. It's gonna be weird not seeing guys in Ryder Cup like Westwood, Poulter. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickle. It's just going to be yeah. weird not seeing them there. I'll tell you one thing, though, that put me off a bit was Dustin Johnson's comments. And I get it. Even as a father, I get it of saying, like, I would like to be on the road less, be with my family right. more. He just got married, all sure. that type of stuff. But when he said in his press conference, you know, I want to play less golf, not more. Mm-hmm. I don't like I, yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I want the guys who are who want to play golf like that's where i should have phrased it better yeah because it's like i get it i i he could have phrased of saying like i I I love to be on the road a little less less be be with with my family family more but saying like you want to play less golf to me that's just not the messaging that we want people hearing if we're going to be growing the game you want to play less true enough so he could have been just phrasing maybe dj is always welcome on the podcast if he He wants to clarify that clarify that for sure but let's uh, but, let's switch it up here. But let's speaking talk of about podcast yeah. and clarifying, let's talk about Xander. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, I I, I I don't know how long you guys have been listening to the show, but if you any of you longtime listeners of the the show and the watching the YouTube channel, it goes back to my Molinari days when I played in the pro am with Francesco. Met him for the first time. Then he went on to go on a complete tear. And he, when I saw him again at Ridgewood, he t- he told me I gave him the juice. Yeah. We got that on video. He said you gave me the juice. Meaning me being me being in his presence offered him some good vibes. And you know what? I think the same thing happened to Xander. <laughs> so <laughs> so to recap real quick, we uh, we met Xander. We did our first ever 10-second interview, which we love doing. Uh, it kind of just came out of nowhere because we, we went into Brookline at the U.S. Open prepared that if we were going to get an opportunity to speak to any of these players, we know it was going to be short-lived because well, they're dialed in. It's also partly a response to what the vibe was. And, and speaking about live again... We heard it. We were on the range all day that well, day. Mm-hmm. All of them talking to each other and be like, oh, I can't answer another question about live. Right. All these guys have so much interview fatigue yes. right now because it's just constant. So, so we we're want like, to be refreshing. Let's be refreshing. Let's interview them for 10 seconds. Right. So we saw Xander at the Brookline. We did a quick one. And then at the Travelers, like you said, we saw him again. And I, I went right up to said, hey, hey, Xander, can I get another 10-second interview? And he says, well, I didn't do one today. And I'm like, well, just to recap, we did one together at Brookline. And I think he kind of got it. We did a quick one. It was funny. It was two questions. Nothing about live. It was just about the week. I asked him if he had any 59s in him this week. I asked him how the course was playing. He was honest. He said, you know, I don't know. I just got here. Yeah, but the 59 question ended up being, being very darn close. He pertinent. shot two 63s. Yes. You know, so he was close. And then he goes on and wins. And he goes on to win. He so, had some, some week. Clear winner and took him in DraftKings, man, in the sports book. Bet three bucks on him. There you go. And I won 57 bucks on that on that uh on that bet how cool is that that is really cool i want to tell you another cool draft king story yeah. in a second we're going to do our picks this week mm-hmm. we're going to talk about uh the the john deere uh, but guys if you don't know already we're partnering with DraftKings sportsbook to give uh all new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars if cool. your first bet loses mm-hmm. so basically you almost have nothing to lose here right so you're going to use code golficity at sign up DraftKings sportsbook if your first bet loses, you get one risk-free bet up to $1,000. And this week, try it for the John Deere. Get your feet wet before golf's next big major, yeah, I got a Open. nice pick for this week. So I got a pick for this week. Okay. I got a pick for the Open, too. I, I took one ahead of that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my wife's story in a second. But here's what you do. Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Check out all they have to offer, including same-game parlays, player props, live betting, and so much more. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money uh, at your convenience. Um, 
And if, and by the way, if Sportsbook for any reason is not available in your state, don't forget to check out the uh, DraftKings Fantasy app. They're offering millions of dollars in That's total true. prizes mm. every week. And we, we've been doing DraftKings Fantasy forever. Right. So now you're doing both. Now you're doing both. <laughs> yeah. and, and now it's available in our states, New York, New Jersey, where we are, and a lot more other ones. So download and sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook to get in on all of the exciting action and for a shot at winning cash. Again, new customers will receive a bet up to one, a free bet up to $1,000 in free bets. If their first bet loses, sign up using that promo code GOLFICITY, G-O-L-F-I-C-I-T-Y. Remember, a lot of people typo they golf. golf or city. You get that autocorrect golf city. Right. Don't forget your I. G-O-L-F-I-C-I-T-Y to get the offer. Start seeing all the great ways DraftKings brings you closer to your favorite sports. And I'll tell you the story real quick. Let's hear it. Last week, so I signed my wife up for DraftKings. The, the deal is just too good. You can't. Yeah, she got the free picks for the. Got the free picks, right? So, so I, I put punch in the golf city code. I get the thing. She doesn't watch golf. She knows nothing about it. But for something with my wife, she is just like rain man yeah. with picking. Every year, people hate it when we go to the Super Bowl parties and they have a pool. I don't know how she picks the squares. She wins every year. All right, that's her it's thing. like this crazy streak. So, so she's like, "Well, I don't know. You tell me who to pick." I'm like, "No." Yeah. I'm like, "I want you just to look at this list of names and just pick some people." Right. Right. She picks picks Fitzpatrick. Love it. How much? Twenty five bucks. She puts the twenty five dollar free, free bet, bet that we got with Golficity. Puts a twenty five dollar bet on it. She wins three hundred bucks. That's awesome. And now she's loving it because she I cashed see her on it the out. Couch. Right. Yeah. She. I'm like. I'm like. So I'm like, you may not care about golf, but there's your purse you've been wanting to buy or whatever, right? Right. So she cast that out, but she's still got some money in there. Yeah. Right? Because she got other free bets. So she's sitting there on the couch. She's like, who should I take this week? Yeah. Now she's excited about it. Yeah, exactly. But that's one thing I do like. Like you, you kind of add that little bit of extra excitement. But uh, who is your pick this week? Who you got? Okay. So this week for the John Deere, I'm going to run with uh, Charles Howell the third, Chucky triple sticks right there. I like him to win outright winner. He was promising. He's 25 to 1 currently. Yep. So, you know, a $10 bet will equal 20, 250 bucks. Uh, he played pretty promising on Thursday and Friday. He fell off a little bit on the weekend. I was kind of upset to see that. But, hey, he shot a 64-68 in the first two rounds. And this is the type of field that I could see a guy like Charles Howell really making a run. I could see that, yeah. too. And it's, it's one thing we will say. We talked about this earlier. The strength of field is not terrific. Nope. Right now, and, and don't forget, guys, all these, right now, as we're recording, all these odds are subject to change. Mm -hmm. They can change, you know, by the minute. So we're just giving you what we have right now. Daniel Berger is the, uh, is, is kind of leading that. And he's, he's the clear got, favorite. He's got the chance. Yeah. You know, I haven't no, seen much of him lately, but he's got the chance. He no doubt does. But you know who my, I got my eye on? Scott Stallings. Yeah. Another guy we've had here on yeah. the podcast mm -hmm. and a guy we watched closely, you know, at the US Open and, and and we saw him at the Travelers last week. I just you know when you feel like you're getting ahead of a guy who can who can A get hot at the right moment, but B with with a field that's a little bit more you know, friendly as far as competition yep. wise. Mm -hmm. I think it's a guy you got to take a look at. Um, I love the pick. He, he had a tough, tough first day and he even said it, he vocalized it on Instagram. He shot a 74 in round one, but then he went 64, 68, 63 with the whole don't give up mentality. Finished T8. Yeah. You love it. Top 10 I, I, finish. I, I think he's a great pick. And then going out, looking out a little bit further, longer, longer term. Open. We'll talk about it as we get closer, but the open championship. Um, Who are you eyeing, right? I know he's one of the favorites, but, I I'm, I'm put some money. I did the other week. I put some money on Rom. Okay. I think John Rom is the type of guy that you know. Again, where, where you're going to have a little bit that that old, the old course, the link style. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Bring some of that like that Sevy love into yeah. it. That Spanish. I could see that blood out there. I, I don't know, but also the way he he just seems to rise to the occasion yeah. in majors. We saw it at the U.S. Open. Rom is a guy who could just win at any time. Yeah, it's it's. I, like, had a, I, I think it'd be foolish to not throw a couple bucks on it. I think it's foolish, and I think you're like your top five guys in the majors. You got to look at now are, are always going to be Rom, Zelatoris, Rory, yeah. JT, and Scheffler. Like you got to like it gets to a point like if you don't put a couple bucks on Zalatoris right. for a top right. five, then right. what's what's the point? Exactly. But we got a course like like St Andrews. Matthew Fitzpatrick growing up in the UK. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you win back-to-back -back majors. It's very hard to do. But the dude is crushing the ball past some of the biggest hitters in the game. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm even. I'm not even worried about him crushing it so much as the way his putting was. Yeah. And, you know, because two things that we're going to see at, you know, St. Andrews. One, 
those greens, the, the TV will never do them justice. I would never have believed it till we got out there and played there. The undulations in those greens are like nothing you've ever seen before. They're, the they're big, the flat stick has to be hot. But the other thing, Tiger won there with one huge thing that he had in mind was to stay out of the sand. And Tiger for four straight days missed Didn't every bunker, bunker out there. Because yeah. those bunkers are the other things that will take you from a, a par to a double bogey and yeah. take you out of contention faster than you can. Those bunkers yeah. murdered us. Murdered us. And let me But Tiger stayed, like if yeah. you, a guy who has smart positional play and can putt, is gonna is gonna be somebody who wins the open. Yeah, and it's you know what's funny. I've been seeing a lot of interviews. I heard Xander last like post round interview. They asked him about St Andrews in the Open, and he's another guy who's never been there, never played. And I've noticed that a lot of guys like out there, it's still on their. It's like a bucket list course for a lot of these tour pros. Yeah, you and I are fortunate enough to play it, and like it still like blows my mind that some of these guys on tour have never even stepped foot on it. Yeah, it's cool. There's no doubt that. So again, kind of going back to the whole live thing. There's no doubt that this is going to be an event that's going to be electric. Yeah. You know, you've got the open championship back at the old course. I, I mean, be, I don't care what they're playing for at that point, purse-wise. Right. right. That'll be one of the most watched events of the year. Yeah. Hands down. I think it's going to be bigger than Brookline. I think now you got Tiger coming. There's no question that, you know, the open is going to be a, a pretty and widely watched event. How much, I mean, I know it's not a PGA Tour event, but how much do you think now the Tour is just hoping Tiger gets back playing because mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the, one of their biggest pulls. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you go head-to-head -head one event versus the other, whichever event has Tiger in it is going to be the one that yeah. wins on ratings that week. That's the reality. They need Tiger more than ever now. They need Tiger more than ever. Um, but yeah, so it's otherwise, you know, it'll be interesting flipping back and forth and trying to get a vibe of how that flow is going to look watching the John Deere and watching the live event in Portland. Mm -hmm. I do want to catch a little bit of both of them. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, Remain, we'll have say. to continue to provide updates on that. But let's uh, let's do one more quick ad break, and then I want to talk about our own experience where we did our reverse mulligan challenge. What a wild, wild video we shot. I yep. think that's one we're going to have to do again. But let's do another quick break, and then we'll hop back into that. Yep. Guys, the Tour Alpha from FootJoy leads the pack in the most tech-focused, crazy comfortable, win-ready shoe in golf. The Tour Alpha is power reimagined and it sets the standard of ability and comfort for today's athletes who demand the most secure foundation to maximize their power. And that's one thing that's hugely changed for us recently is starting to look at shoes not only from that style standpoint, from that performance standpoint. And for those days where whatever the conditions or I just need that, make sure that I've got that extra footing, the Tour Alpha has been my go-to. I love it in the laced. I love it in the boa. It features that OPS system, which is that providing that ultimate support and control throughout the golf swing. And like I said, whether it goes boa, laced, it's an unbelievably good looking shoe and it just screams performance mm -hmm. um everything part about it. so if you are super performance focused you're looking for that shoe that's going to really help in, in supporting that using your ground forces things like that you got to give a look to the tour alpha um it's it's the shoe it's all about power and performance you can learn more about the tour alpha by visiting footjoy.com Hey guys, lately a lot of people have been messaging, asking about mobile launch monitors. It's something that a lot of you, a lot of us amateurs are, are starting to really, you know, agree with and identify as being a, a true training aid. You know, when we go to a driving range just to have a, a more of a, a powerful, you know, practice session, something with a little more purpose where we can get numbers. Because before these things, before they were affordable, we were just whacking balls at the range. And the only thing we're getting at is if we hit a good shot, it felt good. Yeah. But we weren't having any metrics. We weren't having the, the stuff that we needed. And Rapsodo has arguably the most affordable and easiest to use mobile launch monitor on the planet. It clips in my bag. It's the size of a, of a range finder. And you wait, wait till I tell you the price. You're going to be like, wow, that's even a about the price of a rangefinder, but yeah. here's here's what it offers: distance, ball speed, club speed, launch angle. Uh, that's just to name a few. They've got great visuals visualization uh, in the app. That shows you the tracer of the shot. Everything is right there. But I love they have this shot dispersion feature. It's just one of the the various uh, insights that it offers. Color coded for each club with pinpoint distance and accuracy. You can optimize your club gapping. You could dial in those wedges if you're struggling with a certain yardage. You got a 130 club and a 110 club, but you got nothing in between. This can maybe help you with your your, your your focused practice to to get that 120 club in, 
uh, shot or that 120 shot in your bag. I use it indoors. I use it outdoors. It's great for the wintertime in the garage. I throw up a net. You know, you can use it anywhere. It's extremely portable. And again, here's the price. You ready? It's it, it's $4.99, but with our code Golficity, G-O-L-F-I-C-I-T-Y, M-L-M. That's Golficity, M-L-M. Use that in one word at checkout, and you're going to get a hundred dollars off. It's ridiculous. So you're going to get this mobile launch monitor for three ninety nine. Check out any of our videos where we tested it. If you want a little more in depth, but you guys will love it, go to rapsodogolf.com. Check it out, and don't forget that code. And, and use that code no matter what because it'll right. always give you the best price. In fact, during the U.S. Open, they dropped that price down to three ninety nine for everyone because of the then, Father's Day deal. Because of the Father's Day deal, but on top of that, then they kicked in the the subscription for premium, which is usually a hundred bucks with the Golficity ML. LM coupon, you got that for free. Yes. So no matter when you're listening to this show, use that coupon. You're always going to get the best deal. All right. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about, about that reverse mulligan challenge. It. All right. So yeah. So recently we we played one of our wildest kind of on-course challenges ever. And we always like these challenges because not only are they they fun and entertaining, but I find that they they kind of help you play the game in a different way. Maybe learn a little bit of something about yourself. Mm -hmm. I know when we were out there, you were learning about how it, it caused you to focus more on the putts. Right. But make a long story short, we had seen this going around on social, this idea of a reverse mulligan. I don't even remember who first posted it because we just saw it immediately. It was everywhere. It caught fire. Um, but the idea is basically as you're playing your round, you can use a mulligan at any time. However, if you use a mulligan, your opponent gets a reverse mulligan, meaning if you hit a great shot, they can call reverse mulligan on you and it comes back and you've got to hit it again. So we had a lot of fun with this one. I won't tell you who won. You're going to have to tune in and watch the videos on the Golf is main live. channel. They are out there. Uh, we had a lot of fun. In fact, we played a really great course too, which I never knew existed. Uh, St. Andrews Golf Club right in Westchester. Yeah. St. Andrews, you know. St. Andrews, I know. And uh, the place has a ton of history. It's kind of hidden in plain sight. I've driven past it a million times in Westchester. Never knew it was there. Private club. They got. They let us come out there and play, which thank you to the team for letting us out there. Beautiful golf course, very difficult, but this reverse mulligan was wild. It really, really was. I, I didn't know what to expect. We had fun with it. There was some pretty insane shots. You had one recovery shot, which was like tour caliber under a tree, kept it low, got it up to the green. I made you hit it again. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I dropped the birdie putt. And again, I'm not going to tell you what hole all this happened, but I dropped the birdie putt. Frank made me do it again, and I nailed it again. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was great. It came down to the end for the most part. And uh, I would totally do this challenge again. It, like, it was, was fun. fun. And and you got to be okay with a little fun competition and ribbing if you're going to do this one. Because it's it's difficult when you hit a great shot and your partner makes you hit it again. Yeah. I mean, you and just you know. you got to go pick it up. You know, uh, at that point, once you hit it, I was like, there was a lot of times where I hit a good shot and I look back to you and go, all right, am I taking yeah. another ball out? But that's the other thing that it became such a strategy play that sometimes you're just so nervous. Like, is he going to reverse this on mm -hmm. me? Is he going to reverse this on me? Right. So it was a fun challenge. And, and if you guys enjoy it, drop a comment on that video. Let us know if you want to see it again, um, because we got a lot of great golf coming up and we can, we can put that in and play a little reverse mulligans again. Um, but speaking of great golf coming up, we're going to be back at Sleepy Hollow. We're going to be back That's at right. Pound Ridge. We've July got a lot is packed. Of August is really packed. Whistling Straits. Whistling Straits, San Diego. We we, we got some things coming. We got to do some travel, um, but for great content reasons. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go and subscribe because let's just say what we have going on in San Diego is yeah. like golfer's okay. paradise. Yeah. We're not going to tell you, that, but let's just say we're getting access to some places that don't normally offer access. Yeah. Yeah, this one's going to be a good one. And yeah. then, and stay tuned for the podcast too, because we talked so much about live today. Um, we're going to have somebody on the show who can, who can speak a lot firsthand of it. We're going to have Travis from PGA right. memes on the show mm -hmm. who not only I want to hear his story and dig in on how he created what is definitely the most successful memes, you know, account on Instagram. Yeah. The thing's coming up on a million followers. Mm -hmm. it, we all get a great laugh out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but also some of the great stuff he's doing, the the um, home course he's doing where he's touring some of these players' homes. Right. It's just an incredible series he's got going on YouTube. But he's also gotten a lot of access with Liv. He was there at that first event. He did on his YouTube channel a walkthrough of what it's like, the fan experience. So he's somebody who's lived it firsthand. Uh, so it'll be, be cool to talk to him and, and find out. And he's also 
also had a lot of access with Greg Norman. I think he toured Greg's He toured home. his house, oh, yeah. and he's done a lot of great charitable stuff for Jack Nicholas's foundation through his PGA Memes Challenge, which we played in. Yes. We videoed that whole thing. That was a great experience. So the dude stays busy. He does. And uh, he puts out some great stuff, and he also gives back. So. Yeah, so stay tuned for that, because we will have him on the podcast. We're going to talk about that. Um, but before we leave you guys, what I will say is I encourage you to leave your comments below. And like I said, if there's one thing I ask, let's keep it as civil as possible. I understand that this can get political. But as I said before, we just personally are not big into politics. Uh, I'm more so interested in hearing it from a fan's perspective. And by all means, though, share it. If as a fan, the fact where the money comes from makes it unwatchable for you, mm -hmm. then I want to know that. Right. Fine. But whatever it is, is it the structure? What do you like? What do you not like? Where do you think Liv is headed? What do you think their long-term, all the stuff we talked about today, what do you think their long-term game plan is? Yeah, I'm curious. Is this going to be something we start to see sponsors in the mix and starts to make some of that revenue back? Or is this just money going out the door? Who knows? And it, it do, But most importantly, as a person who's a fan of golf, does this intrigue you? Is there a does the competition, you think the competition is strong enough or the name strong enough to get you to tune in? Uh, what do you think? And what do you think of the PGA Tours response? I know there's a lot there, but that's why we talked about it earlier. And this certainly won't be the last time we talk about Liv. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, it is, like I said, the biggest shakeup in professional golf in decades. And the news will keep rolling out. We'll still keep hearing more players. And one thing we didn't mention before, we talked about it, got a feeling, and you first said this, and I think you're right, there might be some players, lawyers yeah, who might have an idea out. that like, hey, we might be able to, you know, you guys make the jump. Let us fight the legal battle. The PGA Tour can't ban you. Yes. You know, that's speculation. But our thought is that you never know what might have. The people might have that uh, that where they can say, go play and we'll we'll get some court battles. We'll get you back on that PGA Tour if you want to be. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Who knows? We'll see. It's going to unfold in the weeks to come. So like I said, make sure you guys, if not already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got some great interviews coming up and we'll keep you posted on the Live Tour as it continues to roll out here in the States. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see everybody again next week.